and welcome to the first episode of the End Topics Podcast. My name is Jeremy, and I am your host. I guess I'll begin with an introduction. So, uh, right now, I'm currently a doctoral candidate at Stanford University studying early childhood education. Before this, I did a master's at Harvard in language and literacy. I did a master's at UMass Boston in applied linguistics with a focus on ESL studies. And most importantly, I was a teacher. Some people say, if you've ever been a teacher, you should always say that you're a teacher. And I don't know about that because I'm not in the trenches right now, I guess you could say. But my first teaching job was teaching English as a second language in Brazil. Then I came back to the Boston area and taught English to adults there. Then I started teaching elementary school. So I worked in Boston public schools for about eight years, and I was a language specialist and a reading specialist, working mostly with early childhood, but I worked with kids from pretty much K to five, and in the evenings, I taught at a high school. So I've done, you know, enough teaching to have an opinion about teaching, I think. What is this podcast about? Well, it's called Ed Topics, and the goal here is to discuss the most pressing issues in education today. Now, as a teacher... There's lots of conversations that happen in the hallways that I think are really substantive and important. As a master's and doctoral student, there's a lot of interesting conversations about education that happen in academia as well. But a lot of these conversations just sort of live where they are and just kind of, you know, fade into nothingness where the teachers have these interesting conversations. They go back to their classrooms and teach and the conversation is gone forever. And in academia, you know, people write papers, but that's one, two, three, four, five years, people working on a topic before they're sharing something with the public. And so in both academia and practice, there's a lots of interesting conversations about education that happen. And what I'm trying to do is pull those into one place to make those available to everyone. And there's conversations that happen, you know, in one school, in one city, And the answers to those questions exist in another school, in another city, or in another town. So I'm trying to pull all of that together. So ideally, this will be a podcast that someone could listen to on their drive to work, or on their drive home, or while they're, you know, cooking dinner or doing whatever people do when they listen to podcasts. And it's not going to be super heavy. It's going to be informative. And particularly for people who are thinking about getting into education. Because I think for a lot of us, There's things we learned in our second, third, fourth, fifth year that if someone had only told us that in our first year or before we started, we might have made different choices. And I think that there's a lot of weaving and winding paths in education, and the paths weave and wind because of the access that we have to information. So hopefully this will be a resource to teachers who are currently in the classroom, future teachers, and people who just want to relive the glory days and hear about how things are going in schools right now. I'm starting today with a fundamental question. Should you become a teacher? Should anyone become a teacher? And my answer is yes, but it should not be your forever plan. It's been my experience that the most unhappy people in schools are the people who feel like they don't have another choice, right? Like there's some teachers who've been doing it for a long time and they just accept that this is their reality And they move forward with the expectation that, you know, they're always going to be teachers. But there are also people who are early to mid-career 
who are having trouble grappling with the fact that this is what their life is going to be because there's a lot of rhetoric and talk about teachers are underpaid and the profession is changing and teachers getting sued and parents being crazy. That it seems like, well, if this is how bad it is in my second or third year and, you know, I went to school to be a teacher, like I'm in a really bad position and, you know, people get demoralized and depressed and it's really sad. But for those people and for anyone considering teaching, I think the idea that it's a stop along the way can be really empowering and free people from this idea, this kind of claustrophobia that comes from the fact that, you know, I'm signing up for a profession that may be 40% worse in two years and I'm stuck here and I have no way out. If you're thinking about becoming a teacher, I think you should say, okay, if I were to be a teacher for four or five years, what would I do after that? And the sooner you open up your mind to that perspective that this is part of a process, I think the better off you're going to be. And if you spent any time in a school community, you've met people who teach for four years, then become a specialist for a couple of years, then become an assistant principal or a principal, or they just do something else in education. And it seems like these people, a lot of the times they come into teaching with the idea that they're trying to move up a ladder and head someplace. And then in contrast, there's people who they want to be a teacher. They're only going to be a teacher, you know, and, you know, come hell or high water, that's what they're going to do. But I think the people who are moving from position to position, they ultimately, I think, are more satisfied because they're making choices every few years about what they like to be doing. So speaking for myself, I came in as a language specialist and I was really interested in language and language development at the time. And then I found that people were asking me to do a lot of reading development and literacy development work. And so then I went back to school and got a master's and became a literacy specialist. So while I was still a teacher, even within my first four years, I changed to a different lane. And I thought that was really rewarding because I was making a turn based on my own desires and interests, as opposed to someone who is a classroom teacher and stuck in one position and is not looking outward. Part of what I'm saying that I think is important also is that if you're going to be a person who's going to move, you know, or consider moving from the classroom to a different instructional role, you need to have a little bit of courage to do that. And I've had so many conversations over the years with teachers who are like, man, your job seems so great. Like, and this is from people who, you know, the favorite part of their job was teaching reading. But as a classroom teacher, it's only one of the many things you do. And they're like, man, it seems like it'd be so great to be a reading specialist. And I'd say, yeah, you know, you should give it a try. And they'd say, oh, yeah, but it's not as stable. And, you know, schools add them and delete them. And it's just not, I don't have the same job security. I was like, yeah, that's true. But if you're really good at your job and you do student-facing work, you'll always find a position in one school or another. That That's my opinion. And that's been my experience. So... To do things the way that I'm talking about, you need to accept that there's going to be some volatility, right? If you say, I'm going to teach for three to five years and then move into a different instructional role, well, then you're going to have to leave a job and find a job. And maybe the district that you're in doesn't have one. You have to move. So if you're going to be a teacher, you need to accept that there's going to be these transitions, but you see them coming, you know, miles ahead and you can make those changes 
in ways that don't feel particularly jarring if that's part of your plan. So that's what I'm saying. Yes, you should go into teaching, but you should really go into education as opposed to just teaching. And when you think about it more broadly as education, you open your mind to all of the different jobs that you have in a school, and some of them are a better fit than others. Just to you know, keep going with my own experience as an example, there are certain teachers who really don't like working with other teachers. Like these are teachers who want to go into their classroom, shut the door, and be with their kids and kind of do their thing as much as possible. They don't really want to collaborate. They don't want to co-plan. They don't want to write lessons with other people. They just want to teach their version of teaching to the students that they have. Now, these people would not be a great fit for being a specialist because when you're a specialist who does push and pull out services, you have to work with two to three to four teachers a day and, you know, five to 10 teachers a week, maybe, which means you have to devote a significant amount of your energy to relating to adults. And I've worked with teachers who are like, oh, you know, I love to teach reading. Or I love to teach language, but I don't want to deal with all these other teachers. But you have to sort of, you know, consider the sort of like the hierarchy of challenges that you're willing to accept, right? So if you feel like you're overworked and under-resourced, that is pretty negative and that weighs on your conscience and weighs on your mood and feeling and happiness in a really significant way. And you could say, oh, well, I don't like dealing with other adults, but if dealing with other adults means that you're freed from the structure in which you're not feeling good, it's definitely something to consider. 